0: Fucking drink. Because, hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Wally's
0: face. Oh, jeez. Was it just the strongness of it?
1: I think whiskey tastes like trees.
0: Trees? Interesting. Yes. Not to be confused with the marijuana trees. Like the. actually okay. like bark Pro trees. Right. Yeah, trees. Well, I think, like, everybody. It's. People's palates are fascinating. Like, you know, some people don't like cilantro and think it tastes like soap, hmm. and other people love cilantro. I'm kind of like, it doesn't like, really, it's not anything to me, but um, anything horseradishy, I think it tastes like poison. <laughs> it tastes horrible and I hate it. Like if you get like a, a yellow seedy mustard and the first ingredient is vinegar, it's going to taste like horseradish to me and in turn tastes terrible. Hmm. I guess I'm never really fan uh, man, horseradish myself. Yeah. It's kind of an acquired taste i don't know okay. if i buy the acquired tastes thing i just think <laughs> like when you know when you're a teenager early adult you're like oh beer's an acquired taste or mm. whiskey's an acquired or coffee's an acquired taste it's like i think you just need to drink something that doesn't suck <laughs> of a decent quality like of course beer is an acquired taste when like the only thing people drink around you is budweiser or bud light yeah yeah you know, true. like bush light because we're in iowa but uh maybe just drink a beer that doesn't suck <laughs> It's like I tried a bull- I think we talked about this last time. Like I tried a Boulevard, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't terrible. I could drink this. This might be nice." And it was. Uh, I tried a nice Scotch, and was like, "Hey, this isn't terrible." And I've loved whiskey ever since. Coffee. I had good coffee, and I'm like, oh, this is okay.
1: Coffee's been a reason for me. Yeah. Like within this last year, I've like got into the. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really so much in the craft because I just drink the regular Folger shit or Starbucks, but I do understand the merits, like.
0: Uh, that, I um, that branching out. I I'll guess. make you a killer cup of coffee sometime. <laughs> My apartment, I got it down. Primo coffee, I spend way too much money on coffee. And I do like the whole pour over shit. And I'm super nerdy about it, so. You'll drink that and go, oh, it tastes like, <laughs> a lot of people will go, oh, this doesn't need like cream or sugar or anything. Yeah. Because it's good coffee. you <laughs> 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 be like, see, it's an acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You didn't have to acquire this taste. You just
1: had to drink it and go, oh, this is really nice. (laughs) Um, Well, we basically already started, but uh, we're back again. I figured as much. (laughs) J. Bash, 35th episode. J. Maxwell Bash. J. Maxwell Bash, yeah. (laughs) So do you just like, is that just kind of like your official title? Because I've just always known you as J. Bash. It's my name. All
0: right. Maxwell's my middle name, so I, I like the whole You like the okay, so you're just Uh, like like I do it like it's a little tongue in cheek, but also I genuinely like it, but also it totally looks like an actor's name or something like that, which I am. (laughs) So it works. (laughs) J Maxwell Bash, I think it has a nice ring to it. Yeah, no, I uh, I enjoy it. I don't Um, introduce myself as that, like when I meet people, I say hi, J. How's it going? Like okay. I used to go by C J, which I don't really tell a lot of people that. Yeah, uh, because I
1: hate it. <laughs> I, she's uh, she's towed the lamp a couple times. I told her like, earlier, you know, don't. Yeah, she likes to fuck with me.
0: Right. Well, I have a, I have a given name, which is not the name I go by. But yeah. well, all, uh, all of my name is that I go by is part of my name. I just I'll do it a little bit because I'm an adult and I can do that. And then at some point I'll legally change it. And then when people are like, yeah, but what does the J stand for? <laughs> J. you want to see my driver's license (laughs) i'm an adult that's what i choose to go so hey i feel that
1: um well we're joined with jay um some lovely manhattans yeah
0: yeah
1: it was a uh uh, i was like next time you come on we have to do some of your special drinks you're already on your snapchat with your um special cocktails concoctions so we had that in front of us today if somebody i
0: can't remember if we talked about this last time i think i probably mentioned it because it's like a mantra for me it's really funny so i repeat a lot but uh, inevitably, somewhat post-pandemic, when people are going to ask, "What did you do to get through quarantine?" and I'm going to go, uh, "I ate a lot of mushrooms. I got really into pro wrestling, and I drank Manhattan's by the gallon." <laughs> so those on Snapchat, which is a little bit more private than say Facebook or whatever, yeah, yeah, you know, have seen a lot of my. Uh, Beverage exploits, shall we say?
2: Hmm.
0: Sorry, I hope I didn't like. <laughs> <but> no, you're a <laughs> Blast okay, out your stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, I think a lot of Manhattan's because I love whiskey drinks, and I've been trying to improve my like cocktail game at home. So I'm a bartender, and I don't really, I'm not much of a cocktailer, which I don't have to be because I pour. I work at a craft beer bar essentially, so I have 40 taps, and then if people don't want beer. I have a full rail, so I pour basically like it's like a neighborhood tavern, you know. So I pour. Yeah vodka sodas and occasionally whiskey cokes or the dreaded long island of you know Somebody's he's yeah. a weirdo and wants one of those. Still, no offense to people like that. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> that's the... Yeah, I don't want to get into this too
1: much because we talked about this last time. Yeah. the podcast. But like, uh, you are definitely a tear up for me. I think in terms of drinking, uh, you had like all the concoctions for from, from Manhattan, whereas you know I maybe
0: have a bottle of whiskey beer once hey, a month. You, so. I mean, that's the you know that's the basis of the drink is whiskey, so you got to have that part. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I have sweet vermouth and bitters, and like not just one of each; I have multiple. Things at and I was working on a traditional whiskey sour in the last couple weeks, which means using an egg white mm. in the drink. Really? Yeah, which sounds super gross, I know, but that's how it was done, like, forever ago. And that's, if you go to a nice cocktail place, like, most of them will have a traditional whiskey so, sour option. you put the whiskey in. Uh, I guess the way I was doing it was, which there's so many different variations. And then there's, like, there's a, a New York sour where you make it like, like you normally would, but then you put a little brandy on top of it. Like, you float the brandy on top of the already shaken drink, which, since there's an egg white in there, you shake the shit out of it, and then it's, like, thick and foamy and delicious.
1: Oh, so the it almost, like, breaks it. So, it, you, do you, does it go in raw?
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah, like, you crack an egg, and you make sure you keep the yolk out. There's, like, a little... You know, cocktail or style, uh, yeah, stylish you, way to do that if you want. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah you keep the egg yolk out, and then you put in the white, which is essentially flavorless. ish but it, you know, it gives it the consistency you want. I know it sounds gross, but but it's awesome.
1: But I'm intrigued. I, like that's kind of the that's yeah. kind of the art to it.
0: Uh, I made one for my girlfriend and I the other night. She was not a fan. <laughs> like, no egg. She tried. Yeah, it's
1: okay. that's kind of the thing about alcohol. It's like it's a, it's an endless uh, tree of different concoctions and different methods. Yes, everything. But um, alas, we don't want to go down that road too far. This will go forever. Um, the thing that we didn't get to last time that I really wanted to talk to you about was like film. I mean, we kind of touched upon your acting a little bit, but um, I mean, you, you describe drinking Manhattans, watching pro wrestling. Another thing that you're doing all the time seems <laughs> to be uh, going back to like, classic films.
0: Uh, I go through a lot of phases of what I'm consuming. There's just so much content; it's hard to, especially being somebody that's into a thousand different things. I envy people that are like that. That, that uh, I like these five bands. I like this <laughs> style of movie. I really, I'm really into stand-up What else? I don't know. Whatever. Or I watch a bunch of television, or just what's on Netflix. I'm like. I kind of I'm envious of that. People who just have a very specific mm. interest or line of interest. I see. Because I get kind of lost sometimes by like consuming a thousand different things and consuming them as like uh, as fully as I can. It's it's exhausting. And there's like this uh, constant proverbial FOMO. The fear of missing out, you know? Yeah. I don't think if I, I don't have enough time to consume all the things that I want to consume, but at the end of the day, it's like I'm exhausted and I just want to sit down and watch some fucking weird movies. So that's what I kind of default to sometimes, I think, if I'm tired of diving into whatever it is, be it pro wrestling or, which is amazing and super underrated for adults, by the way. But <laughs> we can talk about this all the time. Or no, whatever. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's the performance art thing that I love about that shit. I should have been in it. Anyway. Um, so if I get tired of that or my huge deep dive music exploits, like, I just want to watch movies sometimes. So I'll pick some. Um, I can even have an itinerary of, like, these five movies I want to watch. I made a quarantine list, mm. like, right around the beginning of all this shit March. I was mm. like, these are the f- movies I'm going to watch this, you know, over the next month or two. And I think I watched three of them. <laughs> but I watched a shitload of movies. I just watched those. I watched three, and then sometimes I'll watch something and and think, this movie made me feel like watching this movie now instead. Mm. So Eight. I watched a bunch of baseball movies. I watched a bunch of Kevin Costner stuff in the last oh, few yeah. weeks, you know, and then so maybe made want to watch other Nike stuff. And I wanted to watch Twister and just, you know, weird wormholes of here's these movies I'm going to watch today. I can get one into that and i'll feel like something else because i have too many fucking interests <laughs> so i'm jealous of those who just know exactly what they want to watch or listen to or do it yeah i kind of i kind of tell
1: that line a little bit um because i have been kind of followed, religiously following a list um so you said well, you were watching baseball movies, Kevin Costner, The Field of Dreams. Did you watch that? I did. Fuck,
0: I was like, if, if you don't, if you live in Iowa and you haven't seen that movie, like, what the fuck's wrong? So I grew up on it because that's from eighty <laughs> nine, and I was born ah. eighty five. So I mean, I wasn't. I don't know if I was watching when I was four. Probably was honestly because my dad is a baseball guy too. So mm. like I grew okay. up with that being kind of a staple of my household. Yep. So, yep. but I hadn't watched it since I was at least early to mid teens, I think. And I am thirty five, so it's been. I feel like it's been 20 years, if I had to really guess, and that might even be shorter than how long it's actually been since I've seen that movie. Oh, wow. So it was time. Like, I've seen Bull Durham dozens of times because I love that movie. I get that insane Sandlot lot of the two best baseball movies of all time, but um, Bull Durham is also Kevin Costner and baseball, and so I just kind of thought it was time to revisit Field of Dreams, and I did, and I didn't know that I would be at the point in my life where the end of Field of Dreams would make this grown-ass man cry, but it did. <laughs> so, you know. That movie's fucking great. It holds up super well. It's so good. He had James Old Jones in there, like all the baseball players. Oh yeah. It's great.
1: It's, uh, you know, he's always known for Darth Vader, so it's good they brought him to the screen.
0: They will come to Iowa. Yes. For reasons they could not fathom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good shit. He's an all-time And I remember him. I feel like that was my first exposure to him when I was a kid. Or, well, actually, Sandlot, mm-hmm. Sandlot, and Field of Dreams—he's in both of those, and you know.
1: Oh, he's in Sandlot.
0: Yeah, oh, he's, it... the, he's the owner of the dog. Is he really? Yeah. God, I forgot that. Yeah. I need to get both. You don't those get much, much of him much. until the end of it. When they like talk about his dog, he's well, oh, old Hercules. <laughs> why did you just come over and ask for the damn ball? You know. Damn, uh, uh, Molly, you want to pull
1: that up? Uh, oh, Kevin Costner, Sandlot. I gotta see the james old jones Image oh wait oh wait that's who you're talking about
0: james yeah jones. sorry jesus james jones. yeah okay yeah he's, that yeah, makes more sense he's blind in it he has these big sunglasses on okay like the shot of it is great and he comes out of the back door with the, like the squeaking screen door yeah like, yep. What? what's going on here and, yeah, he's awesome i think that might have been my first exposure to him and then feel the dreams would have right after that
1: yeah it's kind of weird uh matching the voice of the face of Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh,
0: what do you think about what's the fucking one baseball movie? though? Oh, The Natural.
1: Did you ever see that? Yes. Uh, within the last few years,
0: actually. Um, oh,
1: for I the I, first time? Or?
0: Yeah. Yep. I, I never saw it when I was younger. Um, I need to rewatch it. It's a little foggy in my brain now, but I remember really, really liking it. It's, it's a little weird and it gets a little almost like that's supernatural, but maybe like a little supernatural.
1: Oh, it definitely is. But I, I mean, <laughs> I think that's the beauty of that movie, though. It's like it's, you know, it suspends belief, like, for sure, for you know, sure. for the sake of the film. I feel like, but what are some other good baseball movies? I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's kind of a hard sport to For the Love of the Game. That's another
0: good one. Never saw that one. Also, is that the Sox? Also Kevin Costner. Is that the Red Sox? No, he's uh, the Tigers. Destroy Tigers. He's like a. Hmm. So it's a little bit more. It's like half romantic comedy, half baseball movie. Okay. I and mean, it kind of it's like a timeline. It jumps around a little bit and. But the basis of the story is he's on the mound for what's probably going to be his last start of his career after like a Hall of Fame, like 20-year career in the majors. And okay. there's, but there's also like the relationship aspect. The woman says that she's leaving to take a job in England, and they were kind of like off and on again for the last like five years of his career. And so it's him like choosing what's more important to him: baseball or love, etc. For the love of the game, you know. Uh, it's pretty good. Hilly Preston is the lead female in it, who apparently just died a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Is that a thing? Could we get some. Yeah, sure. Could we get a, yeah, sure. a fact
1: check on that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamie, pull that shit up. Somebody told me the other day that she died a couple weeks ago, and I don't know how I missed that. Like, I.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, July 12th, 2020.
1: Wait, Okay. So, what else was she in? Because I'm not familiar with that. She was... <sighs> was. She Wait, was she married to John Treble? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <gasps> yeah. I don't think still. No, they got divorced. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know who would want to get time with John Travolta right now. That dude's it. A- I mean, if I would believe any actor would,
1: like, kill his ex-wife, it'd be John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I just kind of think he's not well. Like, I think that, no, like, he's insane, man. Pla- how much plastic surgery that man's I got? I don't
0: know. Holy but, fuck. like, I'm almost kind of concerned, like, maybe, like, a, to get born into your field. Like, yeah. maybe it's kind of like a Kanye West thing. Like, I genuinely <laughs> am concerned for that person's mental health. <laughs> right. Like, and I hope that where he's at like it works for his shtick and his art form, but I'm almost just like that man needs some help. Like if he doesn't, I don't know if he's actively harming anybody right now, other than maybe himself by just having like unchecked mental health issues. Yeah. Not doing anything about it,
1: but like even on an emotional level or a mentally abusive level. Yeah, and that's that's how I feel about Travolta. I feel like that guy just kind of became sort of a lunatic, and I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. Maybe I should use
0: a better word. I just he's kind of. I don't feel like he's well, and I don't feel like he's in a healthy, sane state of mind. (laughs) Not at all. Did you see The People vs. OJ? No. Oh, my God. He's in that
1: one. He's one of the lawyers. He's just, like, fucking, like, wild, batshit crazy looking.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't watch (laughs) that whole thing by myself, but Liz, my ex, she watched that. Oh, okay. Because she's fascinated by that kind of stuff, especially, like, specifically the OJ stuff, so she would have absorbed all of that. Huh. So yeah. I, I think I picked up on a little bit here and there. Is that the one with uh, like, Cuba Gooding? Right? Yep, yep. Yeah, okay, I did see a little bit of that. I, th- I think Travolta was actually, like, pretty good at it.
1: He was good, and, like, I think he definitely emulated the character, but you could just still tell it's, it's John Travolta. A <laughs> Like there's something behind those eyes, and it's yeah. not On the same level of anybody else here right now. It's like when those <laughs> actors pull off those really fucking nutty roles. It's because they're yeah. usually because they're nutty. Like Jim Carrey when he was uh, what was the fucking movie? Eternal Sunshine of a Mind. Yeah. He was like literally going fucking insane during that time because he was coming off uh, Man on the Moon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a favorite of mine. At, uh, really? I don't see. I like Jim Carrey's acting, but I think everything else about that movie sucks.
0: Oh man, so I disagree. What <laughs> Respectfully, of course. Uh, I'm a huge Andy Kaufman
1: fan. You are? Okay. I'm a huge Tony I, Clifton fan. Mm, like, that's okay. my shit. I love that stuff Damn. so much. That's, like,
0: part of... That's the same part of my personality that loves pro wrestling. Like, the absurdity of it and, like, the performance art of it. It's no... I mean, it's... Of course, Andy Coffin also enjoyed pro wrestling for a while with a gimmick that he only wrestled women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the I quote, remember that. From the, the... the quote in the movie is, like, I want to be a bad guy wrestler in the worst way. Like, <laughs> I say that, like, on a weekly basis in my day-to-day life. Because <laughs> I want to be, and I think it would be so much fun. Not, not in a wrestle-only women, but he comes out, and, like, his theme music is the sound of a chicken, like, balking. Yeah, so he comes out and he like just does all these movements and it's so absurd. It's such a great like heel, and then he only wrestles women and he pisses everybody off. It's so great.
1: (laughs) I feel the same way about him that I feel about South Park. Like I appreciate the art form, yeah, and like I'm like yeah, they did
0: do that kind of shit, but at the end of the day, I just don't enjoy it. Fair enough. I do love South Park. I think that's a little bit more straight up comedy, whereas any coffin kind of blends the line between like. Are you trying to make anybody laugh here, or are you just trying to fuck shit up? And I think South Park still is just trying. They're trying to piss people off. They're still trying to make you laugh the whole time too. Like it's yeah. always going to be dumb kid dick jokes in there. Like
1: I can't handle the the poo, the poo humor. That's what me and Molly were talking. The, about. The, the poo humor. humor. Yeah. yeah, okay, that's fair. Like
0: I get the it. Uh, what was it? The <laughs> you mean the more- was it an episode where there was like an actual piece of poop who came to life? We <laughs> I mean, yeah. she was talking about the Christmas poop. God. <laughs> And that, heck, like, he's amazing nope. how could you not love it <laughs>
1: uh, what was it the World of Warcraft episode where he's sitting there and he like, has
0: the pan and he's like oh, man dang
1: shit he, oh my
0: god I could not yeah. handle that it's yeah. hilarious I get that but like I it's, cannot. it's a lot I super get it I, uh, I understand I, I really enjoy over the top shit sometimes again that's why I love Andy Kaufman and pro wrestling and just the absurdity in the performance art and the over the topness of it fascinates me so what do you think I of eric andre i like eric andre he admittedly occasionally he can be a little too much for me <laughs> i love him like i wouldn't stop lying oh him. really for real i love eric Andre, but his show is a little much i can only watch a couple at a time before i gotta take a break yeah <laughs> no <laughs> it's, it's true it's so frantic <laughs> it's so off the wall and it's so sociopathic Hell yeah. that i it's kind of like it's always sunny which maybe we talked about last time i can't remember uh awesome. Every, I, I can watch a couple episodes, and I just drained. And I'm like, I need to watch something where somebody gives a shit about somebody
2: in really? the slightest. Like, I just, it just emotionally drains me. Damn. Because nobody cares about anybody. it's just a <laughs>
0: sociopathic, unrelenting <laughs> insanity. And it's, it's hilarious, and it's brilliant. But I got to take a break sometimes. <laughs> Damn.
1: Uh, I feel you like on an Eric Andre, for sure. Like, uh, it's almost like that. Like acid trip yeah like you said like just unhinged yeah like this beginning scenes where he's just like naked and fucking just like you know destroy man dismantling his genitals
0: it's fucking insane yeah it's it's great like there's nobody like eric andre he's really found a niche of like people know who he is and what he does and he's really great at it it's just it's a lot so sometimes i gotta take a break
1: Uh, going back to baseball, uh, and so like, how knowledgeable are you about? Like, are you like really into all the lore and all that, or not really? Oh yeah, you are. Uh, have you have you seen the pigeon video? Like with Randy Johnson,
0: where like you, the correct? actual game where he hit a pigeon? Yeah, yeah. You oh, seen yeah.
1: that? Yeah. Let's. Can we just pull that up really quick? Just for. for just
0: also, for there's no games. other like it's it's. Um, Molly, have you seen this?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Is that it could not have happened to any other picture. Because Randy Johnson is an all time Hall of Famer. He's probably like a top ten pitcher of all time. Oh, for um, real. Arguably like one of the top two or three lefties <laughs> of all time. But he was this weird, quiet, super intimidating six foot eleven dude. He might be six ten, I think he's six eleven though, with long hair, that threw this like crazy left handed thing and you were just like, What do I do against this guy? And he just and he hit a pigeon in live baseball out of nowhere and it exploded. <laughs> it's, it's insane. It wouldn't have happened to any other pitcher.
1: Yeah, this is one of those things you can't believe it happened
0: in real life, you know? It's why? damn. What would you even do? Why <laughs> That's wild.
1: <laughs> it's like a pillow. Like a like a it just, of a pillow. It exploded. Fight.
0: <laughs> There's like maybe sort of a bird corpse flopping that's really sad, but there's always been a weird criticism to baseball, oh, yeah. so. Uh, but I, that was my sports was my first love before I ever got into the music. Yeah, you know, like when I was talking about how I'm into too much shit. Like there's also sports. <laughs> yeah, and see
1: that's probably where you and I differ a little bit yeah, too, right. because uh, like my father is obsessed with baseball, so I know probably more about that than a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, what's like what? So what are you
0: mainly into in terms of like pro, besides pro wrestling? Of course, not just well, you know. There's obviously the argument that that's not sport, because it's, 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 inter, it's sports entertainment, you know, there's a reason yeah. that term exists, because it's scripted, so therefore it's not a real competition, but it's more real than people think, but that's fine. Um, uh, baseball, basketball, football, that was always my, mm. I, I sort of liked hockey a little bit when I was a kid, because I was just, I was, sports were my first love before I ever got into music or movies or anything, I always liked sports and I played growing up too, so baseball was number one for a long time. I um, ended up becoming a giant NBA fan, and that's probably my number one now. But baseball is a close second. Like, that's my top two by far. Mm-hmm. But then I love football, and I'm a Niners fan, so they were mm-hmm. super fun to follow this last year. Of course, it ended in crushing defeat, as all my sports <laughs> life does. So it's been really fun the last – not fun. It's been interesting the last four months, whatever it is, to just not have sports. Yeah, to yeah. To not worry about them and not pour energy into – Following them and having your heart broken by them, <laughs> which that's the only thing I've experienced in sports is because I'm, I'm a Niners, a Baltimore Orioles, and a Sacramento Kings fan. Mm. So in my lifetime, I don't know the joy of following a team and then watching them win.
1: Is there a this reason? Hasn't that, happened.
0: Is there a reason you have those teams? Or yeah, Baltimore. It was Cal Ripken when I was a kid. Mm, okay, I was l- literally four years old and saw because there's and I traced it because there's. Photos of me when I'm four with an Orioles hat on. But, so I saw Ripken on TV and was like, I think that guy's awesome. That's going to be my team. Because even as a four-year-old, I was like an opinionated shithead who needs to have his own <laughs> thing and not just be like, my dad likes this team, so that's going to be my team. <laughs> I had to pick my own.
1: <laughs> I was obsessed with the uh, and McNabb from the oh, nice the Eagles. the Eagles, for sure. Yeah. The leader of the Vikings. God, did you that see... That went less well. Oh, well, didn't they win? They win, uh WAN. They won, like, what, two years ago? One, two years ago? Did mm-hmm. the Eagles win? Yep. They're like, oh, man, that fucking city is insane, man. But, you know, talking about it, it's always something in Philadelphia, that show's
0: spot on. But like- it really is. <laughs> it, and that was a weird one because they were facing the Patriots. That's right. So, I forgot about it. I didn't want the Patriots to win again. But I didn't really want the Eagles to win because their fans are the worst. <laughs> Philly fans are deplorable. Like, I mean, a lot of people say that about a lot of fan bases, but Philly fans are exceptionally intense. You can find so many videos everywhere of just Philly fan goes bonkers. Philly fan shits on the street after they win. That's a real one. Um, it's just, it's insane. It's, just, it's a weird culture, which I admittedly I don't know about, just much beyond reading about sports stuff, so it's probably a little exaggerated. I'm sure there's plenty of Philly fans who are not crazy people, but yeah, yeah. You know. It's intense. So I didn't want to root for them either, but I did really like Nick Foles and I thought it was a fascinating story about how he just couldn't stay healthy, but he had to take over in the playoffs because their quarterback, Carson Wentz got hurt and Mm -hmm. he was on his way to being an MVP that season. He was having a killer year and then he got hurt in game 11 or 12, I think. And then Nick Foles came in, who was a starting caliber quarterback that can't stay healthy? (laughs) <laughs> and he led them all to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP, and then started the next season as a backup. That's never happened. That's fascinating. So, mm-hmm. I love that shit.
1: Damn, uh, you see me more in this than I again. Sure. In,
0: <laughs> I've been with to too many things. <laughs> Someday um, I'm gonna cut out. I'm gonna be one. Like this is what I'm rolling with for the next five years. I'll catch up on everything later. <laughs> so, how do you feel about
1: uh, what they're doing with the sports? When they have all the the, di- I think with basketball they have the digital audience, and then like um
0: they have the the soundboard for the the sounds like, like I don't and piping, piping in crowd noise. And stuff yeah, like that. um, it's interesting, and uh, I think the NBA's has probably handled this the best. But also, the NBA happened to be in a situation where they could handle it the way they did because they already had the majority of a season happened, like three quarters you know whatever two thirds three quarters whatever it was yeah um, it was about a month after the all-star break so I think they were 62 to 64 or five games into the season depending on what team how many that and there's 82 in a season so um, they had the ability to take the teams that they thought had the chance of making the playoffs and do a quick eight game regular season to finish it up but since it's only 22 teams not the full roster of teams; they could all be in the same place and be in the bubble. So the NBA bubble is like kind of a that's what they that's what they did. Hmm. So you you're, you all hang out in this bubble. Nobody can go outside of it. You're all quarantined for the right of the season. That kind of oh yeah. damn. So it's in Orlando, that's just... and that's where like all the teams are and where they're all playing. Jesus, yeah, it's wild. But they like had to do it that way to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And so baseball. Is already having issues like five games in the season because they refuse to play in a bubble, which is understandable because they have a full season ahead of them. And yeah, they move around so much. And it's all 30 teams, so you have to travel to 30, 30. Yeah. And that's trickier, so I understand them not being able to do a bubble, but yeah, I, I don't know. Baseball's already having issues. I don't even know if the season's going to finish at all nah. or even make it to 30 games. No clue. NBA's done the best at handling it. I think they'll be able to finish what they want to do. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because I,
1: I, what was it? I think Disney
0: provided the
1: uh, a lot of the courts for yes. the NBA. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, we were kind of talking about this couple episodes. I think what was it the last episode? Kind of how all these companies have like, I know there's <clears throat> with the pandemic. There's a tilt, you know. Disney's obviously probably increase their profit margin by doing that. <laughs> Which, um,
0: you know, is a company that probably didn't need to increase their profit margin. <laughs> it's Disney. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, this side of Amazon is maybe like the richest company or whatever, you know, on the planet, but...
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, I ordered, a pa- I, this microphone Molly has, I ordered that yesterday and it, or no, two days ago it came today. Like, yeah. Amazon, it was it wasn't like probably, I'd say like three times faster than what it was. Yeah. It's just, just... It's bonkers. That's wild. How kind of wild. The rest of us are struggling. Amazon is just like boomed this time <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, what, what do you what do you think? For this is probably getting a little existential. But like, what like what do you think? What with everything going on with <clears throat> the direction we're heading in, how do you think we're all gonna end up by the end of the year?
0: I have no fucking clue, man. (laughs) Like, I wish I had a... a, It's like anytime somebody comes to my bar that I haven't seen for a little while, like, how you been, man? I just shrug. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. There's this great gif of uh, Lucille Ball doing this, like, snarky shrug, and I'm like, that's my response to everything right now. Because I don't know. I have no idea. And uncertainty's terrible. (laughs) I agree. I agree. So, we'll see. Uh, You know, I don't think we're a culture, country that cares enough to actually do what we need to do to be proactive about it and kill kill this before it, you know, just does whatever it does. So, which you can debate the severity of it. I think there's something to that on both sides. I I don't know. But people aren't taking precautions or even giving two shits about the person they might be walking by who would be susceptible to it. And so we're in America. It is what it is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a mixed bag. Yeah,
0: <laughs> if uh, nobody was aware of that before, the yeah. coronavirus is us aware of that. Oh now. man! Somehow, like a pandemic, we found a way to make it political. <laughs> yeah, that's... And, and, and cause even greater divide <sighs> into what's already like the biggest divide of any like first world country. At least as far as my knowledge goes, I just the level of volatility is insane, and I don't think other cultures have that like we do. I mean, I'm sure everywhere has their struggles and their divides and, like, different people on different spectrums, different opinions, political, societal, cultural, whatever. But I think ours is just has a particular brand of volatile, like, intent to divide and distract, and, you know. So, this has just brought out the worst in all of that. (laughs) No, it's fucking true. So I have no idea how it's gonna end. So, I've taken great strides in the last, like, probably month, maybe even Two weeks specifically to just try to somehow find a way to relax and be like, you know, it's a, nothing causes me more anxiety than uncertainty about things that are important, be that financial, professionally, personally, emotionally, whatever. I just I don't do well with uncertainty, nor does yeah. anybody, but that's when like my particular anxiety spikes. It just causes me a lot of strife. So I don't know. But there's nothing I can do about it except take my own precautions and uh try to dive into things that I enjoy work on some creative endeavors and or professional endeavors and uh wait for it to blow over yeah I mean shit. or wait for our entire society to collapse I don't know <laughs> whatever happens <laughs> it really is the
1: it is really the truth. I feel like it's <clears throat> you know people talk about 2016. I feel like it's worse now than it definitely you know than what was back then or That was four years ago. It's only got worse. So I mean I don't know uh, who who would have been the candidate that I don't know. Do you want to get into this political shit? Not particularly. Not particularly. Okay.
0: <laughs> just not. Nah, I, I mean I can. I, I'll talk about everything, but I feel like this. There's enough of that. You know, I've kind of tried to take a little bit of a break, even when something makes me angry and I feel like I need to
1: It's true, man.
0: Post about it or yell at somebody but not yell at somebody, but you know, have pointed words and strong opinions. I feel like there's just too much of that and it doesn't contribute anything. And anything I could say I've already said. So I'm just kind of checked out. And so when people start talking about stuff at my bar when I work, I'm just like, I, man, I don't know. I don't have an opinion. It's true i'm just gonna i'm gonna take a break from having strong opinions about political stuff because it just causes me like internal strife and struggle and it just isn't good for my mental health nor is it good for anybody's mental health <laughs> so no this is true because nobody can talk and be cool you know we've talked about that probably of times but nobody has the ability to just talk about differing opinions and still respect somebody or have respect for that person in conversation and so i just gotta check <clears> out <throat> Well, yeah, that, Do you want to talk about pro wrestling? Cool, I'm in. Otherwise, <laughs> whatever. See you later.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's kind of the thing with like people who like have that um, political as their like professional aisles. Like they seem to be like on on the fringe, crazy. I can't imagine how the people who are actually in that sphere, like you know, not that they're particularly good or bad people, but just how they're dealing with everything. Right, right. Now. it's got to be
0: fucking insane. Yeah. Um, are you into foreign films at all? You uh, or like I've seen some and I'm aware of their merits. Um, I just haven't ever been particularly interested in diving into that world. Okay, uh, I'm sure it's great. I'm just not. I don't like subtitles. I think it distracts me from the visuals of films. And if I don't mm-hmm. understand a language, obviously I'm going to need subtitles. So I just I don't I don't enjoy watching a movie that way with subtitles. Though I have watched a few. I mean, I, you know, uh, Amelie's obviously a well known
1: to us foreign film that most people should see. It's great, but uh, wait, what was it Amelie's? Amelie. Amelie? A M E L I E. to look that up, Molly? I'm not familiar with that. It sounds familiar, but I can't, like, I can't picture the word. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: I forget her name. Maybe.
1: She's, she's Did great. I maybe watch that?
0: I don't know. Oh. What is her name? I guess. Audrey Tato, I think she's been in a couple American films and is relatively well known. But this is kind of her. It's you know that's that's a it's a foreign film that most non foreign film watchers have seen in some form. Right? Okay. it has some cultural relevance. It's really great too. Guys,
2: hmm.
0: there's so many uh, American and/or English-speaking films that I still haven't seen. That's true. Maybe that's maybe that sounds like ignorant up me, just, I don't know. It's like we've established you're a busy guy. You, you have a lot of different yeah. interests. It, it takes a lot of work to dive into multiple other cultures, like, generations of film history. I can't, it true. sounds daunting as fuck, and that's, that's, that's somebody who does deep dives into everything, so that's just not something that's really pulled me in. I recognize the merits, I wish I, I did. I try to pick one every year or two to be like, alright, I think I need to watch that. It should be important, but have you heard of raw raw yeah no it's
1: a french film about uh this woman who goes to bed school and she develops a taste for human flesh wow and okay it's fucking way more graphic than i bargained for me and molly have been on a um singe of like just she likes the really weird graphic horror sorry to put you on the spot molly she watch she likes the horror films like the graphic stuff yeah. uh you ever get into uh, human centipede? Nope. <laughs> don't <laughs> Stay far I, uh, away. I assure you, I won't. I will never <laughs> see that. Uh, I, I, I get it. I appreciate it. Um,
0: I one thing I've realized the older I get, the more easily unsettled I am. Mm, um, I see. My brain is extremely visual, and I can be very affected by visuals. And so, <laughs> I see. It's hard for me to watch things that are a little more on the gruesome side. When I was younger, I loved that shit. Like. I, you know, um, Saw came out at just the right time for me to be like, this is awesome and I mean, there's no way in hell I could watch that now though, just for the late cutting scene alone sorry, spoiler alert for those who haven't seen that shit it's too late um, I wouldn't even be able to handle that now I would, I would have to look away and go somewhere else, and that's, that's just me Like I'm so easily unsettled by like, visual gruesomeness I can't do it anymore Like I I, I wish I could, because I know there's a lot of uh, merits to like not be horror movies but just experimental weird out there horror films I know there's yeah, a lot of yeah. it's such a unique subgenre but there's probably some really awesome stuff being made I just it's not something I'm ever gonna get into I can't do it
1: <laughs> I don't know Raw might be the exception but I think usually most of that shit's just overrated also I
0: hate centipedes, so I don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm never watching human centipedes. I don't even know if there's actual centipedes in it. I understand.
2: Lost the
0: second one. Well, I'm definitely not lost in the second one. <laughs> I understand the premise of the first one. I get like humans. I I've been told enough about it where I'm like, no, I'm good. Beater. I, I don't ever need to see that <laughs> shit. I'm sure it's yeah. entertaining. I know a lot of people are like that movie's fascinating.
1: <laughs> it's really not. It's just like a. It's like you said. It's like a cult, gore, in-your-face kind right. of deal. Mm-hmm. It's uh,
0: it's interesting. It's unregarded. The most like the most horror I can do is uh, well, okay. So I have a really again, my my brain is extremely visual, and my imagination is really strong. Mm. And I don't like being unsettled. A lot of other people do. They like to be scared or shocked into like, oh god, that was terrifying and exhilarating. I'm like, no, that was just terrifying.
1: <laughs> I didn't get any thrill out of that
0: at all. I'm genuinely terrified, and I don't ever want to be in this situation again. <laughs>
1: so, so you don't ever you don't even watch horror movies, really? Like not it? really. No. Damn.
0: It's just not something I wish. I wish I could. I just. I'm just not really into it. I would rather. I'd like to be thrilled, hmm. but I don't like to be actually scared because for me, it's not. A, there's no separation of reality. Like I'm in it, and it's genuinely terrifying, and I don't like mm. that. Other people do. Um, the most I can do is Silent Hill, which I think is a genuinely really great movie and terrifying. Hmm. But I don't know if I would ever watch it again. Interesting. But I remember that movie being fascinating. and I know the game, which I never will fucking play. It's like the scariest game ever made. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what I've heard. Like, one of the only like quality video game to film adaptations <laughs> that you've ever but, you know. Yeah,
1: that is always the, uh, the stereotype. Uh, I don't think they've
0: done it yet. Maybe besides that one. Yeah. There's a couple that are like, okay, I, I think that one I, I don't know, I never played the game, so maybe people that played the game think the movie's terrible, but I thought it was like a really fascinating legitimately thrilling and terrifying movie in a way that I could handle at that time. <laughs> I don't know if I could anymore. So for me, it's I'll watch like Halloween, the original. The, mm, it's, really not even, it's really not even horror. It's like that old slasher stuff. It's more thrilling and suspense than it is actual horror. Like, I'm not actually terrified of any of that. It's, it's suspenseful, and I love it. Uh, John Carpenter shit's great. Um, you know, the original Friday the 13th is super fun. Um, I'll watch old slasher stuff
1: because it's more suspenseful. It doesn't border on like being genuinely terrifying. It's just you're on the edge of your seat, and but also it's a little campy and it's fun. So, you know, if you like that, if you if you vibe more with that like campy style of horror, you should check out those later Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, because go into it knowing it's bad and it's not scary. It there is some gore and some like kind of like yeah. oh it's kind of weird, but right. like I don't know, I don't remember anything really fucking crazy. Uh, Freddy vs. Jason is a trip that's fucking <laughs>
0: I've heard, I've heard. There's, at some point in my life I'm going to dive into those movies Like, where Jason and Jason X is always in space yep yep yeah, like, I have sure, not seen that one they, I can appreciate just like bad over the top movies I don't usually like to because I just think there's so many genuinely killer films that make me like feel things which is what I'm seeking out it's true it's, I, I want stuff to make me feel things I don't want to like just laugh at stuff so I like to find things that have a, a gap between funny but also a little emotionally challenging and complicated. I, that's more my speed. So Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> that's my shit. But... Okay.
1: Um, this is kind of a loaded question,
0: but like, do you have like a favorite film or like a favorite director or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Wes Anderson's right up there. Colin Brothers, that's my favorite film yeah. of all time. I mean, I, you know, it's not... Uh, a surprise that a 35-year-old dude who looks and acts like me thinks that Big Lebowski is maybe the best movie ever made. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, No Country for Old Men. That's, a, that's a fantastic. Um, what else would it put in that top five? Man, I love the movie Drive. Oh, fuck yeah. I love that, that movie is so much incredible. that I genuinely maybe put it in my top five of all time. It, it, that it beautiful- fucks me up. It's a gorgeous movie. It's intense. Mm-hmm. It, it's not... Ah, I love that movie. Everybody it's perfect. It's so good. I would probably put that in my top five. Damn. With Lebowski, Ted of Ops. Hey, respect. Uh No Country for Old Men. And
1: uh I don't know. Like Tarantino? Paul Thomas?
0: Yeah, Jones. I love yeah, yeah. Uh definitely both of those for sure. So oh, yeah. um there will be That's incredible. I would put it in my my top five or ten, but like that movie's fascinating to watch
1: jesus fucking christ i want to talk to you about talk to you about this so me and molly watched that movie the other day and she watched it for the first time yeah and she pointed out two things that i had not realized within uh you know reading up and seeing analysis on the film seeing it multiple times two things i had right. not realized spoiler alert for those of you who have not seen the movie there will be blood, whatever. But it's
0: it's 2008
1: yeah it's it was so Seven, long ago 2007 what? or 8 yeah. whatever it's been a long time if you haven't seen it Get on your shit. Get
0: on. <laughs> so that's a top five all time leads actor performance of all time. Go watch that. But, like, yes, this is a great <laughs> fucking film. Um
1: but I did not realize that the kid was not his and that the um Paul Daniels character were twins.
0: Okay, I did know Paul Daniels' characters were twins. I did know that. It's not his kid. Because remember how that guy dies in the beginning? Yeah. That's his like, like the, the the thing that like goes down to the pit and kills is like, him. It pales. It's that guy's yeah. baby. Re- okay, maybe I did know that. It's been a minute since I've seen it. I rewatched it a couple years ago after having not seen it since two thousand seven, two thousand
2: eight.
0: Mm. Uh, maybe I yeah I did know that. I mean like at <laughs> the end it feels one.
1: like bastard child out of my butt.
0: Yes yes there no. it is. okay uh, yeah yep. I fell asleep. That's right. Yeah, you did. It's long <laughs> yeah. It's long, and there's not always stimulation. A lot of it is like tension building, which is really subtle. And so I could see people being like, "It's too long. It's too artsy. I can't do it." And I'm like, "Nope, just do it. It's so good." The filming quality, PT Anderson's like as good as anybody ever. Hell yeah! So that shit's phenomenal.
1: He's like our he's like our modern day Kubrick. I feel like in terms of how he like paints a like uses cinematography and like paints the
0: screen. And does just kind of weird out there. Yeah. That's like its own little world. Even though that's clearly like an American you know, period piece, it's also like what is this? <laughs> it's
1: just it's unique enough where yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison for sure. Hell yeah. Um Boogie Knights. That's a great one. Yep, I name. love Boogie Knights. Yeah, there's so many. PT, he I don't know, he might be one of the best in the deck. I love the master hell yes one of the and you i agree on this like that is his most underrated film I
0: think, it's sure. so good um i mean granted it has philip seymour hoffman essentially being kind of like a L. ron hubbard you know scientology sort of character but like mm. an actually somewhat endearing one yeah i feel yeah, like yeah, this yeah. i mean he's he's obviously doing a thing and kind of swindling people but also maybe he gives a shit about people i don't know it's just that that would be such a fascinating character study with him and Walking Phoenix, and on religion too. I yeah, think, you know, and it's it's really actually just kind of like a platonic love story between two male friends. Like, and it's fascinating because they're both equally fascinated by each other. One yeah. of whom is like seeking something and is obviously super troubled. The other one may or may not be the same person, but like he knows what he's doing. He's very calculated. He's probably swindling people, but he's still is fascinated by and cares for people. And then he meets Walking Phoenix, and it's just this. That uh, movie's. People that thought that movie was boring, I don't think have patience.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, in general. That movie's so good. Like, when, when Joaquin comes back after, towards the end of the movie, and, like, Philip Seabour stop Hoffman and starts singing a song called Slow Boat to China. And the line is, I want to get you on a slow boat to China, all to myself alone. The song is a little. It's from, like, the 60s. It's got a little bit more pep to it. It's almost like. Um, not Frank Sinatra, but closer to that genre. I,
1: I see what you're but saying this is
0: a little bit of like a, that kind of that like vocal swing old Bob to it, yeah. 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 But there's a guy singing "Slow Boat to China," but like Philip Seymour Hoffman sings it a cappella in this slow, like intense, like angry, emotional way, and he's like, "I just I need you in my life, and I want you all to myself because I think you're one of the most the most fascinating human being I've ever met." And I, just the dynamic between those two is incredible. And he makes him that like weird drink. He's yeah. like, are you trying to poison me? <laughs> it's, that, it's so good.
1: That shit was weird and, like, unselling in itself. How, like, what was it they were using? Like, gasoline? Not Or what was it?
0: What was it they were using? I don't actually know. It's whatever concoction Joaquin puts together it's, to try to, you know, this is gonna fuck me up.
1: And it's like home cleaning products, almost, I think, right? And that's like why Philip Seymour
0: often takes a shot of it, and he's like, are you trying to poison me? <laughs> it's insane it's so good that's such a long dynamic tension building character movie So I get that it's just it's not it doesn't work for some people but that's you know
1: let's think about Paul Thomas Anderson he really has that skill of like you know creating that time period even when he does like the more current modern movies, like that take place in like the eighties or nineties, like in recent times, you know, like any decade that man is filming in, he gets like
0: everything around a spot. On somehow. Yeah. And it, he mostly shoots in, like 35 millimeter mm, camera. Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. And so the visuals that he employs is so uh, unique and individ, individualistic to his style. It's, it's I, every PT Anderson movie looks like a PT Anderson movie. Like, in the best way possible. I, I love it. Uh,
1: Sorry, last one. Uh, <laughs> Did you see Paint of Bread?
0: Yes. That was good. It was incredible. Another, like, weird... It was a little faster-paced, and I think easier to like than maybe something like There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Or especially The Master, which I think yeah. is kind of his outlier of... you really got to be a P.T. Anderson mm-hmm. already to like that movie, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's not the one you want to show people to get people on PT Anderson. you got to work your way up to that. Phantom mm, uh, Thread, I feel like, is a little faster paced. Everybody in it's really great. Um, his assistant, I can't remember the name of the actress. The real, the old chick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the old yeah. chick. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember her name, but... Um, she, I think she won, she at least got nominated for an Oscar for that, which obviously so did Daniel Day Lewis because mm-hmm. he, he does like one movie every five years. or something. They got four. Yeah. yeah. You're already on it. I like it. Cool. What's, um, uh,
1: Leslie Mandel. Leslie Mandel, yeah.
0: yeah. And I don't know if she actually won the Oscar, but I know they both got nominated. I feel like Daniel Day Lewis actually won for that one.
1: He had to have, right? Because that was like him, because that was the whole thing about that movie is he came out of retirement. I don't think he's done anything since. I could be full of shit. I don't know but accolades
0: might be under accolades
1: yeah go to that
0: that that's imdb is pretty good about pulling up oscar stuff yeah. too but there we go there you pass it it's actually academies yep 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 yep.
1: so wow got 90 for oh, six of okay those so life. he didn't actually win
0: but they did all get Costume. yeah so many people got nominated <laughs> including johnny greenwood from radiohead one of the guitarists. oh did the i did not know
2: that
0: yeah he did the score for the movie blood and i think he actually won the oscar for that so Radioheads, wow. radio one of three guitarists, has uh, an Oscar. Jesus Christ, I did yeah. not know that. But so does the wow. Dean from Community. Huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's some crazy shit. Well, I would hope that movie would have won the costume
0: design, right? Yeah. Dean that's yeah. all about. <laughs> it's all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's P.T. Anderson, so it was a gorgeous fucking film. And it's set yeah. and costume designs So Yeah,
1: like his attention to detail. Like, I. Like, when I compare him to Kubrick, I think that's, like, a lot why he's, like, the attention and detail of both those directors is, like, just right. insane. Though, uh,
0: I think in, in our current times and the way that P.T. Anderson might get more props is that I think he was significantly less abusive than, <laughs> than Kubrick. <'Cause> Kubrick <laughs> definitely true. was really unpleasant to his factors and It's talent, true. Which somewhat, sometimes it bordered on, if not blatant abuse. Which you know, there's that whole that's a fascinating discussion. The right? argument, yeah. I, I, if you got if you got the best, you know, talent and ability and performance out of somebody by being that way, is it worth it? I don't know.
1: Is it worth it maybe not, but to create some fucking amazing art
0: possibly. Well it's like if you if you if that person is able to get out of that okay and recover from that and be fine <laughs> and play. But yeah, if, if you're you, not you shilling ball if you all basically. cause actual trauma <laughs> to somebody is it what's more important not causing well, like, could you pull somebody, that up? Or sh- like giving a performance The Shelly Duval people remember forever. you know like what's yeah. more important? That's a fascinating. like I I'm very much on the side of like don't fucking abuse people. you can get <laughs> you can get amazing performances out of people by not being abusive to them.
1: Yeah, know? it would be an interesting argument. No, the remember that the video we Yeah, the one we, oh, okay. I'm Shelly Duval. I'm Shelly Duval she got fucked. Uh, uh, awesome. I don't think I don't think she's ever the same after that.
0: Probably not. I I have struggles with that because I really can't stand Shelly Duvall as an actress. Oh but, damn! But also maybe. Fuck. I don't
2: know.
0: Might be a mute. Here, you know what? Let's take a break really quick
1: because sure. there's been some crackling on my end as well. So let's just take a quick technical break and we'll be right back. Got it. All right. But that is like my whole thing with this entire podcast. Is like, am might just? And then am I just going to waste all my money and just break all of it in the process, you know? Well, if there's something with
0: equipment that you're thinking about
1: breaking that you would rather just give away, let me know. I have give, I can give you all my broken shit, maybe you can fix it.
0: Not likely. Do you like Silent
1: Hill? Uh... Yes, it was kind of weird because I accidentally watched Silent Hill Revelation.
0: Before watching Oh original. shit! Okay, and I never did see that because I like I watched Silent Hill and I was like, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm genuinely terrified, and I'm probably never gonna watch another horror movie again because <laughs> it just kind of coincided with me being like, I don't think I can handle horror movies. It's just it's too much. Like I just. It's overwhelming yeah. to me, and I don't like being unsettled, so... Yeah. I don't know, I just,
1: like, as a kid, I got Silent Hill, and the hills have
0: eyes mixed up in my mind a lot, so... <laughs> the hills have eyes, is too much, like, I definitely can't watch that shit, especially when it gets, like, <laughs> rapey and stuff like that, I can't, I'm, yeah. I'm out. I can't handle that shit, I, like, genuinely, like, start clenching my fists, and I, I can't. Damn. <laughs> I'm very sensitive. <laughs> hey, uh... I wish I wasn't, it sucks, but I, it serves me well in other Hey, you know, that's not a bad so.
1: subject to, uh, be sensitive to, so... Agreed. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we're back. Fuck, uh, I just want... I to, I don't think we'll get copyrighted for this, but...
0: I don't think
1: so. We'll be fine. Well, I just had to show you at least a little bit of this. Uh,
0: Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. I have to, Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley
2: Duvall.
1: Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Before... Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Do you think Stanley Kubrick Hello. was just like... I'm Shelly Duval. Tuning oh. in and just be like, oh, I'm Shelly <sighs> Duval. Hello. I'm Shelly Duval. What show was this? I'm Shelly Duval. Hello. That's why I'm curious. I'm why why I didn't even... Hello. I'm
2: Shelly
1: Duval. We we get it. What uh, what's the uh it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> This
0: is as scary as any horror movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Queen Kingdom, of the Magic, the Magic Kingdom.
1: Kingdom. Wow. Is that what the show's called, or is that just like? So uh, this obviously must have been post,
0: like Shining, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Poster pre. Post? I don't know. What? So what is? So where where are we going with this? The show we I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, we point this. Permanently affected by. Kubrick's... <laughs> I mean, she probably was, <laughs> is it wasn't Kubrick she? Kubrick or Kubrick? Like I never, I say it different every time I say his last name. I don't just know one of those things where it's like multiple you can pronounce it certainly. or maybe it's that way so that you do do it differently every time you just add like the speak of Stanley Kubrick Kubrick like I don't know <laughs> who is amazing for the record but uh,
1: no his methods were uh, let's see 92 okay so that was post yeah you're right so that was post okay. so that's about probably all she
0: could handle after this <laughs> just kind of on autopilot like I lost my mind but I'm making money doing this, I guess. So here we go. Hello, I'm Shelly Defal. Can I drink before and after? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kubrick's amazing. Um, I when I was doing my like old school film dive from a couple years ago, which we talked a lot about then. when I, I mean, I would post on Snapchat like next one up, and you know we'd go back and forth with what we'd seen and hadn't seen, and uh, that's right. Yeah, I watched a bunch of. Kebrick stuff. Kubrick, Kebrick. I feel like I'm saying it with a Southern accent now. <laughs> I'm no fucking cool here. Um, his stuff's phenomenal. I, you know, um, so again, it's that question of <laughs> trauma is in- inducing trauma and abusing someone is never fucking okay. But if you look at it like 50 years later, it's like you got this performance out of somebody. Would he been able to get that all-time work of art out of somebody without being that way and I don't think so I'm never going to fall on the side of like well abuse is maybe okay in this situation trauma's never okay it's like it's fucking terrible like maybe Joey Duvall was never the same again also her performance is terrible <laughs> maybe that's anything insensitive I'm, I'm never that way but no. I can't stand <sighs> that character and just to even though I'm the most like consciously socially aware like I just I shining's <sighs> weird Joe Ball's acting style always always drove me bonkers, and like maybe that's because of Kubrick. Maybe he caused that. I don't know. I just know that when I watched that movie when I was younger, and she's and Jack Nicholson starts going, "I was trying to get work done, but you leave me the fuck alone." I'm almost kind of like, "Yes." And looking back on that now, I'm like, "That's terrible. I should not feel that way. That's awful." Like and think about it on screen behind the camera, like Kubrick is probably being terrible to her, like. I, I do you know Bash your brains
1: in Bash them right the fuck in Yeah
0: <laughs> 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 That's Yeah that's, I don't think it's ever a debate That anybody will ever be able to say anything definitively about Like there's no Definitive answer to that Is what's What does it take to get The right level of skill and talent out of somebody To get some yeah. Peak form of art what does it take to get to that level? Do you have to be, and you know, some of the best musicians or actors or comedians or whatever are kind of volatile people sometimes. Yeah, and this that sure. level of, not always, not always by any means, but sometimes and, and, and it makes you think does that level of talent and creative artistic ability come from being a little bit volatile and or mentally not well. <laughs> I don't know. It's a fascinating subject. Yeah, like then drug use. Either. Yeah, totally. Like, totally.
1: Like, uh, I know you're not really big into uh, hip hop, but you listen to Eminem? Not really. Ever?
0: No, I just I, it, he came out when I was not definitively not into anything hip hop. Um, mm. my, what was his first album? like ninety eight, ninety seven, something like that? Yeah. But my name is blew up. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. I like I just wasn't it wasn't my thing. I was an angry kid that was into hard rock and other stuff, and so I just wasn't into that, and so. Mm. Um, By the time I got to where I was maybe starting to realize that I could like some hip hop stuff, I just thought he was a little too um, abusive and volatile in his words and actions. And I just didn't want to be into that.
1: Hmm. I I get that. I can totally respect that. (laughs) Um, But it's kind of like the argument with him. Like, I feel like a lot of people might say, you know, he was like his best. He was at his peak when he was like doing crazy amounts of drugs. So
0: maybe. And and I understand, um, like, as somebody who uh, I understand him throwing words together and actual flow as an actual rapper and writing and performance. I I understand he's exceptional that kind of stuff, but I
1: And also one preface, like I'm not like I'm not suggesting that like you should do drugs for that purpose, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. Like, that's not the
0: message we're putting here. Unless honest honest. it's, like, you know, weed or mushrooms like that. Yeah. Go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, like, harmless, harmless. See job. what happens. Put yourself in a nice situation. See what happens. Maybe it'll be great. Don't be, like, crickling. yourself. Like,
1: shooting up heroin. To... <laughs> yeah, don't do those. Don't yeah. do
0: those. Stay far away from heroin. <laughs> heroin, coke, all that shit. <laughs> but if you want to smoke a little or eat a little mushrooms, whatever. Go ahead. I agree.
1: It's
0: don't do drugs unless they're good for you.
1: Take take drugs like you would take a medicine. Yeah. Um, So what you've already been talking about for a while, I don't know how much of this you want to talk about on my podcast, but you have been kind of discussing, talking about with me, uh, uh, music podcast endeavor on your your end. Do you care to get into what your idea is for that,
0: vaguely as you can, without giving too much away? Sure. I won't give away the whole format because I don't want anybody to steal this. Not that anybody listening would steal it. Yeah, and it's not even an actual thing yet, so what is there to steal? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a great idea, but uh, basically it's about just kind of like um, a... Uh, what's the most cliche way I can put this? It's a journey as a music fan. Um, the initial arc of this podcast would be like an 8 to 10 episode thing about me and presumably another guest, which i got to figure that kind of stuff out, but I want one person of a similar age and relatively similar progression of music taste, but enough of a difference in age and culture and upbringing and taste where we could go back and forth on some shit. And it's not just like two people talking about the same shit they love the whole time. There's got to be some discourse and some back and forth and some variety. So I want to find I got one of my good friends. I got him in mind. Um, And the first eight to 10 episodes would be a series of time periods of this is when i first got into music i was this age this was my background this is what i grew up with whether that was anything which in my case it was not i didn't grow up in a musical household at all and then talking about early you know um music that struck you or what you remember from your childhood pre being an actual fan of music and what had a mark on you and maybe why and, um this led me to this led me to this artist or that artist, which is still something I love. Um, and then the next episode would be, like, the next progression of that, you know, now that I'm, like, a firmly established fan of music. What was I doing then? What was the point of my life? Maybe if there's, like, specific artists that we're super into, we could talk about the cultural relevance, and maybe if they're still relevant or not. And it's just kind of, like, a nice 8 to 10, maybe 15-hour podcast of just life as a music fan and progression of growing up. So you're saying the whole and, series would be 8 to 15 hours? Well, it would go way beyond that, but the initial <laughs> the, yeah, uh, the like initial, very initial arc that I want of yep. covering my early initiation as a fan of music and now, and just be like a lifelong of being an obsessive music fan more than anything else. And I think that would be fascinating to talk about where, especially as somebody listens to like everything, like, actually, not just like, oh, I love everything. Or really what? <laughs> oh, no, a little bit of this. Okay, well, <laughs> I genuinely like everything. Like, there's so yeah, many songs, like yeah. i made multiple artists <clears throat> I'm super into. And, you know, that's my, that's my obsessive interest more than anything else is music, so. Um, yeah, you definitely have a wide variety of taste. Uh, yeah. Every um, time you're posting
1: stuff, it's... What was that last thing you just posted it was like kind of like a weird country soul almost
0: oh kind of uh, probably jamie wyatt yep that was, and, I think that was it. uh she's awesome she's like uh she's 35 it's my age but um she's been around she's been performing and doing music for like 15 years mm. um, but she finally kind of broke out a little bit um but she's sort of outlaw country um she's also openly gay and which <laughs> is like a recent thing and so she covers a lot of, like, societal stuff and personal struggles and being openly gay in the country world, which is not a yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, like, a woman. Well, yeah. I mean, I, actually, I guess, in, in both sides of that, I mean, whether you're male or female, there's just not that kind of, like, open sexuality in country music, whether it's the good kind or the fucking shit kind, but...
1: Me and Molly were just talking about that, the stereotypes with the, you know, it, that, like, that like country stereotype of man who like there's a certain kind of lesbian they're into, then there's some other kind of okay. yeah, right? It's like <laughs> right, the, right. the Butch lesbian they don't like, but if it's like the hot unreal you know, the what people imagine you know, the fantasy outlook portray
0: of what they you right. know is a hot lesbian. Well, I don't care if somebody's gay unless they hit on me and then fuck <laughs> <my head>. <laughs> <laughs> What about lesbians? Oh, that's hot. <laughs> Do you not see where you're being a problem? <laughs> Sheesh.
1: Like there's no consistency. Though. Yeah, I know it's
0: okay. So, but sorry, getting anyway, back into it. Uh-oh. Jamie Wyatt's wonderful. Yeah, yeah and she's a new album called Neon Cross, and I wrote a review about it on a website called Madness to Creation. It's a friend of mine's publication. Um, he's been working on it a few years. Mm. Got to interview a lot of people. He interviewed uh, Eddie Money like the year before he died. Oh, uh, Jerry Only from the Misfits. Um, oh, got to interview fun, yeah. Chris Jericho from the pro wrestling world. Um, who also was in the band Fozzy. So it was kind of a crossover, which my friend that has his site is also a huge pro wrestling guy. But um, yeah, he's been working hard on this website, music publication. We wrote together like 10 years ago for another person that we knew. Just doing like critic stuff, music album review, movie review, that kind of stuff. And so it's cool that he's been able to make his own thing. And he's been bugging me to write for a long time. And so I finally did. Because quarantine has been a time of me trying to find a way to not had nervous breakdowns and also work on creative endeavors. <laughs> so that's what I did. I wrote a thing and it was short and sweet, but I, you know, uh, Jamie Wyatt's awesome. And I love like quality, like outlaw slash all country Americana kind of stuff. And so um, she's really great. It's like a little bit of Tom Petty vibe there, but she's awesome. So I played the shit out of that album and I wrote a review about it. And I think everybody should listen to it. So
1: You know, getting, uh, I was thinking about this the other day or I, I was um, listening to the other podcast we did. Uh, you mentioned that, uh, what was Drive by Truckers, maybe? Yeah. The Southern American Opera. I Southern actually rock Opera. Southern Rock Opera, Yeah. Yep. I actually started listening to Really? That. Cool. Yeah, interestingly enough. It is a very interesting blend between country and rock, something that, like, because my father, he's not, I wouldn't say he's like a hardcore country fan, but he really likes the old school country stuff. Sure. Like, so oh,
0: maybe you grew up on, like, Johnny Cash
1: and Roll Haggard and, um, not Wilson. even that like I'm fucking older than that. I'm trying to think like of Marty Robbins. <sighs> Jesus Christ, fucking almost I like
0: call. country western stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty Robbins is like the definitive country okay. western. Like the song, like uh, uh, Big Iron on my hip and Old huh. Paso, and yeah. You know, I... He probably, I mean, he liked Cash, but didn't like cash. I, mean, I like Cash too. Um,
1: but you know, I personally consider Cash more like a blues. Like I, I mean, he is. I get. I understand that he's technically like a country artist, but he's kind of definitely more in the blues rock. He was. I mean, there's a reason Johnny Cash is like probably the most famous country artist of all time. Is because he, you know, blended genres and yeah. You know, he was. Yeah. He was rock and roll attitude, but like sort of country
0: content, but with like blues, R and B, gospel. You know, he just kind of he molded genres while still being definitively like this one singular artist that sounded like nobody else. And so. Yeah, you know, cash is important for a reason. <laughs> what did you think about Walk the Line?
1: I just watched that recently for the first
0: time. Really? Let's go. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I liked that movie. Um, I kind of want to side with Johnny Cash's actual family, who don't think they depicted him very well. Mm, um, I did not know that. I kind of, I don't know. I hope I don't sound shitty or insensitive. Like I, I feel like they like Joaquin's amazing and you know? like acting talent obviously Joaquin's kind of, and he's he's a top five guy period right now he's so fucking good but, yeah. um, I think his Cash performance was weird like he was really good in it but I think he was kind of directed to be sort of and I don't know if they intended this but he seems almost mentally challenged like not mentally ill from upbringing drug and alcohol abuse etc etc he just seems kind of like Slow, to like me. behind, and I don't mean that like derogatory way. now. Huh. I just like I feel like he's portrayed as somebody who is a little on the spectrum in some sort or another. Huh. And I don't think that Cash actually was. Like if he was, that would be one thing. And if, and again, I'm not being derogatory or shitty in any way. I just I'm looking at it analytically. I just and I feel like his. If I remember reading correctly, I think his family took issue with that performance because I think they felt the same way and they were like, ah. like he was. Like a smart, intelligent man. Like I feel like they portrayed him as like a little weird and a little slow, and a little uh, on the spectrum. Hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I need to rewatch that movie. Like it's good. Reese Witherspoon's incredible and in it. Like she deserved the Oscar she got. Um,
1: and the music and it's great. And you know, the guy that played the dad was sufficiently terrible. <laughs> no, like uh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that, like,
0: it's a little um, it's a little weird. Like you 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 said you just watched this. Uh would have been like what a month, two months ago, maybe. Okay. Did, did you get that impression at all, or am I misremembering?
1: Um, like upon me initially watching it, no. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, you know, I never really watched a lot of his tapes, or didn't really know
0: like a whole lot about me. And music. admittedly, I don't either. Like I know Johnny Cash's music very well, I but I don't. You know, have I watched like videos of him or? Read autobiographies, no. So I don't yeah. actually know a lot of his personal history or how he really was. I just know his music, which I love. But
1: I got more of the sense that they portrayed
0: him being fucked up quite a bit. Okay, which I think which, which arguably he was. Yeah, no, there was definitely some drug and alcohol abuse, whatever else. I mean, that you know, most people in the music world that make it big probably have a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not outside the realm of you know normal, but um. Yeah, I just I don't know. That movie like unsettles me a little bit. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I think that's why. Interesting.
1: Maybe it's just the southern stereotype. I I like a contra music. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh god, we I, we don't need to pull this up again. But have you ever heard of all gas no breaks?
0: Have I read all gas no breaks? No, have you heard of the uh, YouTuber all gas no breaks? It sounds really familiar, so I've heard of, but I don't recall what it is.
1: Hmm. Uh, you, you should uh, you should check it out. It's like a uh, he he goes to, like all these southern plate. Like, we're not gonna pull it up because we watched this all the time, but um uh, Definitely check that out. Um, Who is it? All gas, no Brakes. He's a he's he. I guess pull him up. Just pull like a picture. Pull a picture of him up. He's like, he's, so he's been hailed right now as like the true, last like true, yeah, there we go. Andrew Callahan. He's like the last true journalist. He's like going to all these like fucking crazy role. He went to a coronavirus uh, protest, uh, Donald Trump Jr. signing and like just ran
0: to all these like crazy ass people. Okay. Interesting. Did he go to a furry convention? Yes. Oh my yes. God. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> I didn't know furries was going to come up on this podcast. Here we go. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: Have you ever been to a furries convention?
0: Of course not. <laughs> but do I think it's a fascinating world? Absolutely. Hmm. I don't know. Any weird subculture that's like not, I mean if, if it doesn't border on like an abusive so weird subculture, I'm still fascinated by it. But like any weird kink or like subculture of here's a weird group of people that are super into this thing that most other people aren't going to understand. I, that, just, that shit just fascinates me. Because I just, I, I don't know, I want to learn things and be aware of other cultures and have perspective. and So any of that kind of stuff I'm super into. I'd probably love this. I've definitely seen like, all gas, no brakes pop up on things that I've looked at. So I'm, I'm sure it's up my alley. but yeah um
1: it's been it's been called the uh it's like the eric andre show but it's reversed like the interviewer is normal and everybody else is fucking eric andre
0: okay oh here he's been on the road documenting the strange subcultural hinterlands of u.s society that perfect there you go that's i'd be super glad (laughs) that's
1: a good thing to watch tripping yeah just like (laughs) <laughs> just noted, like noted. So, i don't know but i like watching really weird out there shit. yeah we were watching the uh, uh me and Molly were watching this really like uh, um scary creepy claymation the other day like a, a what was it what was it mark twain the mark twain one yeah yeah and it was like uh i'm the master of death and he was like killing like these little like claymation people and it was like really fucking weird man i just like mark twain yeah, it was like, it, like, the character is Mark Twain. I don't know. It's this weird kids movie. I don't really know a whole lot about the movie. What the hell? <laughs> Jeez, do we have? Yeah, we're already I mean, we're gonna have. To we, this we, this now we have. This is like Molly, weird, Molly. You, you have like so the whole. What? You have like the whole thing in front of it. What? We we
0: well on the plus side, we again got a photo of this Andrew Callaghan guy <laughs> with a bunch of furries, which hopefully people watching this can see because it's a really great yes. photograph <laughs> with some really terrifying. Furries. <laughs> Dude,
1: I don't think I'd be able to handle it. Ever, ah, they're right there.
0: Did yep. you ever see uh, Or the
2: first
0: one? The third one. Did, did you ever see Bored to Death? Bored to Death? Or? Yeah, the HBO show. No, I did not. Oh man. So it has Jason Schwartzman. I am Teresa
2: Greenfield. I will oh, take boy. a dime of Colby Pack.
0: Teresa Greenfield ads, man. <laughs> they're everywhere. I do not know anything. Teresa though. Greenfield is a liar. <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> that's it's the so, thing it's so blatantly like slanderous bullshit I, maybe she is i don't know but i can't handle it. well yeah it's somebody just paying a lot of money i mean at the end of the yeah. day that's really what it amounts to it. i'm Ernst, and i approve this ad which is a hit piece against the person i may be running against or don't support I can't. To the mysterious stranger what? What?
2: hello who are you <laughs> An angel. Wow.
1: What's your name? Satan. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name?
2: Oh, Does he have a frog my, in his
1: overalls? Um, Only a chair. Yeah. Sorry. I, I didn't notice name. that actually, Dim.
0: Oh, wow. Please come <laughs> in. <laughs> wow, that cigar was already cut and lit and ready to go. Come on.
2: That's
0: yeah. Quite skill. Also, Mm -hmm. is that is that Mark Twain? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the the Albert looking guy. Yeah.
1: What the fuck
2: means? It's like an island.
0: This is (laughs) bonkers. Hopefully, there's no Uh, copyright infringement. I would hope not. We'll
1: see. We'll we'll take it. It 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 come naturally to (laughs) Satan.
2: Serious things. Are you
0: hungry? (laughs) Sure (laughs) am.
1: What kind of fruit do you like the
0: most? Oranges! Apples? Grapes! They all like fruit the most.
1: Okay, weird. (laughs) The fucking 80s or whatever, man. People ate naturally. <laughs> is This from the 80s. Probably. This is when they made
0: this kind of. Stuff. Oh yeah, we have to find the year on this. This is bonkers.
2: Oh
1: boy. Can we help?
0: You may make, make some people. people. I'll make the king of uh, England.
1: 1985.
0: Th- that is the year I was born.
1: The Adventures of Mark Twain. What the fuck? Look at that
0: little village. How many drugs were involved in the making of this? <laughs> Whatever there. this is, is this a, Cocaine. It's it like, had, this had a, to be cocaine. Yeah. It's a movie, TV series. Like, it's a movie. How long is it? Looks it? Like my pet An a hour and Oh my God! I never watched this. they're moving? Oh, uh, the first time I did Mushrooms which we maybe talked about a little bit Yes. Uh, we watched a movie called Mirror Mask are you aware of Mirror Mask? Okay. I think that's what it was called it's what my friend who was the supplier of oh, yeah. I'm hitting microphones sorry <laughs> uh, There was the movie that she suggested we watch to properly trip a little bit ah, uh, let's so get into it Mirror and- Mask
2: Oh,
1: damn. I am
0: fine. Okay. Yeah. Like, I barely remember it because I was, it was again it was my first time eating mushrooms. I was just fine. i did not really the concept of time or anything. So, and I just laughed. Like, I laughed for like three hours. Which could have been three minutes. After what is happening? <laughs> this is terrifying.
1: <laughs> Fools. What fascinations there are on this planet. Wow. Strange. This is for kids. We, like, keep them that in mind. This is. What? It's for children.
2: It's a, a
1: family movie. We have a storm. to
2: that. if you like. You must stand aside. Out of danger.
1: But yeah, I watched this the last time I tripped.
0: It was insane. <laughs> uh, I would never watch this. <laughs> Like I understand that, and I understand the appeal, but this would
2: genuinely
1: terrify me. Well, see, I, st- and I kind of want to talk about this. I started off the trip. When, I told you that I was. I was like, yeah, I was talking to you while I was tripping. Uh, Papillion, or what? Oh, how you? oh Papillion. end, I yeah. not,
0: Which you were watching the whole time, right? You yeah.
1: Was watching, okay. That was a weird movie to start tripping. It, oh, yeah, I can see that. I, and I started peeking like right when he was like in prison. And like bouncing out the walls and shit. Okay.
0: It's a Packing a pretty good movie. Actually, oh, I actually quite like the oh. The original though is a little too like I
2: do not know
0: like it's dragged out. Now. It's almost can't be a little bit of times too. In a little too long. Never I don't know. Mind Everybody mind knows it's great though. Like People Hoffman and Steven Green. No Fuck yeah. We could make more sometime. If we need them. Facial
2: expression.
1: <laughs> All three of those kids had a problem. Facial expression for that response. I would have left way earlier. I would have been like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to go." For I can't believe we watched this. Is, this is terrifying. All right, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good at this point. but that's ba- yeah.
0: Wow, how did this even come up? What was it? How did we get to this? Claymation, Mark Twain. Boy, if there's a part of the podcast where people are like, "All right, I got it." Probably- <laughs> this is gonna be it they don't even remember how they started watching this shit I gotta go <laughs> I can't, I can't but no
1: you're good it's the it's the Macalista hours freeform as fuck sure sure um no that's why I appreciate having you on it's like uh, we don't need to like plan anything
0: back when you come on we can freeform it's fun you were just awesome. oh at one point we were talking about my music podcast yes yes I was just thinking that and then eventually we got on with Johnny Cash and whether or not they portrayed him as somebody who was mentally challenged And then inevitably we end up with The Adventures of Mark Twain, a really terrifying claymation show from 1985, which is definitely family-oriented.
1: 110%. Wow. You know, a lot of that shit that was made back then in general is just really fucked up. Like how racist Disney is, like Like Peter Pan. Oh my
0: god. Or like if you watch old like Popeye cartoons, and like he goes like him and him and I think it's Bluto, the other the big dude who, like com- they're both competing for Olive Oil's love, which I don't know why you want to do that. Uh, it's Insufferable, right. but that's fine. Yeah, uh, right. they're both at a carnival, and like they end up at this game where the game is you throw balls at a black man's face who's stuck oh, damn. in a hole in the wall, and it's like what the fuck? It's there's some crazy old racist shit in those cartoons. Damn, I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Wow. So. This podcast idea is gonna be really great. <laughs> it's not gonna
1: have anything to do. We're not gonna be racist at all. <laughs> uh, I really hope I'm not racist in the podcast. I really don't think I am. I, Molly's I, like, you're I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh,
0: well, so yeah, this the whole podcast idea is just like the first eight to ten episodes which will probably be in theory close to 15 hours of just talking about one's journey as a music fan and just, you know, what I listened to when I was 12 and decided I liked music and what I listen to now as a 35 year old who has spent, you know, obsessive countless hours like exploring music. Um, I think it's a fascinating journey as somebody being interested in other people's art and what it means to them. And I think it'd be a really great podcast. And then after that initial arc of establishing me and the host, the other hosts, like life as music fans and our taste we can go anywhere we want and then it would just kind of be a not free form but like each episode could be different like one episode i could have a friend on who loves the stones and we'll talk about mm. the stones for an hour and a half like another episode will be you know i don't know jamie wyatt just came out with a new album called neon cross let's talk about it for 45 minutes and why it's a great album of 2020 and you should fucking listen to it even though quarantine is crazy and pandemics are nuts and who knows what's happening but here's a nice bright shiny spot of musical creative artistic talent so um we could go anywhere with it after that and so i think at some point it would just be this catalog of podcast episodes about music and uh, and i cover so many different genres in my own personal interests that somebody could just tune in listen to that first arc get an idea of what our personalities are what our sense of humor would be how much we talk about like societal relevance and the weird shit in mm. different artists and um then they could just kind of pick and choose like well I don't care about this or I don't care about metal music but you know I love country stuff or I love nineties <clears throat> alt rock or I love hip hop or whatever. You know, if somebody could find something to be into and listen to those episodes I and mean, maybe just have such a vast backlog of topics we've covered. So I don't think it would have to be you know like present presently relevant it doesn't have to be you don't have to listen in order you don't have to listen yeah to, yeah, yeah you know? um and i think that would make it something that could grow into a thing because it just it doesn't have to be time sensitive you don't have to start this show at the beginning of the first season and mm, watch all the way through. Yeah. it's kind of episodic which television i don't like but i feel like podcast wise it'd be great so
1: mm, yeah, it would definitely work on that front, I feel like a lot better. Yeah. And well, you know, podcast in general is just easier to listen to, I feel like. Yeah. In general. Um <clears throat> obviously I don't want to take away from your podcast, so I don't want to like do one of your episodes on here. But um, you know, you're talking, talking about like relevancy and like, you know, what you think is relevant. In this day and age, like the last one or two years, like cross genres, like who would you say is one or maybe a couple of like, the artists that you say are like really relevant and really kind of, I don't know, in a really cliché way, like changing the game? Oh, boy.
0: Is that um, too broad of a
1: question, perhaps?
0: Um, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> um, it's more I've had a little bit of... <laughs> uh, like, and me being as it's, it's, like, broad as interests, I'm like, uh... I could have so many answers to that question. Um... It depends I, do you mean who are who who i think are more currently really important artists sure yeah i guess that's ah, fuck i'm just gonna go back to jane wyatt then because that's who i've listened to a lot of lately, and she's an openly queer openly gay country artist like that's not a thing it is now yeah <laughs> In 2020 yeah. it is now and she's fucking awesome and people should listen to her so um that's like a you know representation matters um I don't think enough people care about that. It's like, maybe there's somebody, maybe there's, like, there's always going to be something that you can think of, whether it's taste-wise or opinion-wise or kink-wise or or whatever. Like, there's always going to be something that, no matter how weird you think something is, somebody somewhere is into that. Or, like, somebody of this demographic is into this thing. And that's going to be weird for them. Like, maybe there's, like a 16-year-old gay teenager girl in some rural fucking town in who knows where in America, and she loves country music, but like she just doesn't identify with any of the people in it or any of the people that listen to it, but she still loves it. And along comes somebody like Jamie Wyatt, who's like, I'm a badass bitch, and you should listen to my music, and I'm openly queer, and you could be too. Like that shit's so fucking important, and we don't have any of that. And so I think somebody like her is really important. Because that kid's going to be like, somebody understands me, and I'm going to be less depressed and anxious about trying to identify with people, which is so fucking hard in our current culture. So...
1: Hmm. That's, uh,
0: I, I appreciate Not that. to go on too much of a tangent, but, but you know, I think she's really important, and <clears throat> I've loved that album more than I've loved just about any in 2020, so I think it's really important, and I think her music is great, and I think her voice is great. So, so
1: uh, I don't mean to come off in a certain way, but do, is there anything... Because like, that is important, I think, and, in a large way. But in a sense, that can also be construed as, like, you're kind of putting that in a box in terms of, like, you know, um, somebody coming out as this is, like, the importance of it. Do you think there's anything else at play besides just that, the fact that she's in that position where she's come out in that genre? That makes her in that caliber, I guess, or as
0: important. It's like, well, I guess what other factors go into that? Well, I mean, it's just not something that exists, okay. first of all. I mean, it's just, there isn't, like, I mean, to my knowledge, there's no other, like, openly gay country artist. Mm. Like, really at all. You know, yeah, that's I mean, definitely I mean, true. Probably. It's <laughs> just, I mean, that's the most, which, I, you know, uh, just to cover our bases, like, there's a lot of great country music, and there's a lot of really garbage country music that shouldn't be called country. Like, <laughs> so stuff that's on the radio. People like Toby Keith or Florida Georgia Line, they can all fuck off. It's not just <laughs> country music. It's pandering, money-making bullshit. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. And it's like the worst abomination in music history. (laughs) Again, I've had a little bit of alcohol and I I feel really strongly (laughs) about that, so here we go. Um, But I just don't think there's anything else, I don't think there's anybody else out there like that, and so I think she's like hugely important, and I already think, and I think she's a fucking star musically. Like, she's so good, her songs are so good. Um, Shooter Jennings, who was Waylon Jennings' kid, produced the album. Um... He's really good, too, in his own, musically, not as a producer, but as an artist as well. Uh, but he produced her album, and it sounds so good, and her writing is so good, or singing is so good, and her content is, like, hyper-relevant in a genre where mm-hmm. they really haven't covered a lot of that stuff. I see what you're saying. So it's like she's bringing, like, a new angle. Yeah, to, totally. To, like, the genre. And, like to, to societal relevance. Like, there's just... There, there are... And again, this goes back to me saying however niche it might be there's somebody somewhere who is some unique demographic of kid who's struggling to identify with people because they're into this but they're this and there isn't other people out there like that but then she finds this person you know and it clicks and she goes holy shit there's somebody else like me like representation fucking matters like black panther like a a black superhero was huge for people like holy shit this entire genre has just been a bunch of white people Like, it's fun, but I don't really identify with it, but now I do. So, Hmm. it just, representation matters, and I don't think our culture's cared enough about that until the last, like, four or five years when it's really been like, yeah. You know, if you're making a movie about the lead, the the, the main character is trans, like, maybe have somebody that's actually trans play that role. I don't know. That kind of stuff. Just, Hmm. people need to, people of all walks of life Need to be able to see somebody in a position of power that is like them and that inspires them and makes them think like hey i'm not a weirdo i'm okay i can do whatever i want so
1: hmm. that's interesting i never saw black
0: panther yeah I, I really. just,
1: yeah to be honest i'm not really into like the whole like marvel
0: oh that's fine if it's, if marvel it's just thing. Not good. <laughs> you know I, I mean it's good i look like, at just from like a Movie nerd perspective, I think it's like a little overrated, even though I really like the movie. Like people went and saw it like multiple times in theaters. Like and I, and just even friends of mine and I and I get it. And it, and but also again, it's representation matters. If it's like if it's uh, a black kid who's super into superheroes, and all of a sudden Black Panther comes out, and he's like, holy fucking shit, this is amazing. Like I super get going to see that like a thousand times. Like it's awesome. It's like the first time in that person's life they saw somebody huge, it was culturally relevant in this, you know, weird Hollywood world we live in, but um, yeah, just from a movie perspective, I thought it was like a little overrated, but it's really good. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic in it. as a mm. bad guy. He's so good. The main guy's great. Um, the lead female in, who was his name? I can't remember and I feel bad about it. She's basically like the general in, okay. the, in the Black army Panther. of that Molly, of we'll those people. Black Panther, sorry. She's super badass. Uh, <laughs> it's really great. It's it's really entertaining. I probably need to rewatch it. Um
2: Yeah.
0: Representation matters, that's what I will say. <laughs> so what chick? Uh right. Ready or white. I don't know how to say it. okoy o Okoi. O- okoy. I don't know, Danal Guerrera. Boy, I'm murdering that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that person. That I'm character. She's like the general in that army. Okay, okay. In oh, okay. In General Osman's Black Panther's character Army, she's like the general in it. He's like the leader of their people. She's like kind of a general in their army. I don't know if that's the accurate term, but she's super badass. She's a really great character, you know. A- hmm. So it's it's an awesome movie it's it's it, I, I thought it just like from a from a movie nerd's perspective i thought it got a little overrated but it's great it, was, it deserved all the accolades you know so many kids got to watch this big budget crazy thing with somebody that looks like them in a position of power and glory that they never got to see before so you know yeah it's awesome hmm. no i mean like yeah i i guess i'm just not into
1: the whole Marvel thing as a whole like I, well, we were watching the old Spider-Man the other day, like the Which uh, one? Tobey Maguire one. Oh boy, are you? You might not
0: be a fan of that. Or... Uh, okay. So one and two are pretty great. Two, especially, is really great. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I genuinely think Spider-Man Two is one of the best like superhero movies. i
1: I'm, I'm so glad you fucking said that because Doctor Octopus is the shit,
0: <laughs> and Alfred Molina is such a great actor, and that character is such a great villain that you can almost understand. But just like the action scenes in that were fucking revolutionary yeah yeah deal the fight scenes between spider-man and doc ock were so intense and unique i've never seen anything like it that movies that movie stands up and it's so good That's uh spider-man three is garbage <laughs> <laughs> they fucking ruined it's, that, for that. Really oh my god with that <laughs> it's so bad but one and two are pretty good and considering the time like one was a nice introduction um and two was like a genuinely great superhero yeah like a really genuinely great bad guy Um it was
1: like a human film you know like the characters were like really relatable
0: yeah for sure for sure three's three's bad but that's that's fine
1: (laughs) you know but it's funny though um that movie actually made more money than the first two combined
0: Yeah, which is just like just sad it just (laughs) superhero movies were peaking and that movie came out you know when that was all happening and uh it ended up being, critically, I think, a disaster, but, you know, box office, it's huge.
1: Yeah, it had so much hype. Yeah. Like, I remember there were, like, even, like, little video games and shit, like, for it, like, you know, being a kid and, like, waiting for that movie to come out. Like, right. Oh, gosh. It was like a little
0: Emo
2: Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: oh, God, that scene's so bad.
0: <laughs> With the bell. Ah, when he's got his little Emo smooth hair. Oh, yeah, and the he swim pair, yeah.
1: Spider-Man dances. Yeah, between uh, MJ and uh, what's yeah. the chick, Gwen? Oh, my God. This is, of
0: course, just my opinion. If somebody loves that, that's fine. <laughs> I, just, I just remember watching that and going, like, what do they do? <laughs> what well, do you think of Deadpool? Uh, Deadpool's fantastic. It's Deadpool's like a realization of wanting to make a movie that is stays true to the comic book. And finding a real-life actor who can play a fictional character so well. And it just all came together perfectly, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I just And Ryan Reynolds, I feel like at the time, was kind of floating a little bit. Mm-hmm. He was huge in the early 2000s, like with Ben Wilder and... Um, boy, there's more than that. Waiting. Um, you know, he was huge. He was like everybody liked Ryan Reynolds. He was really funny. He was good looking, he's like this new comedic lead that everybody's gonna like, and then he kinda like started to float a little bit. And then Deadpool happened. It's like, Oh hey, this is exactly how we should use Ryan Reynolds. This is like this he was born to play this role. It just worked out so well. And those movies are awesome. So
1: Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that it's just a satire on, you know, the kind of what I just hate about Marvel, is like how commercialized it is, you know, the yeah. franchise aspect to it, yeah. like that's probably why I haven't seen, like, you know, Black Panther or like anything. It's not even for any reason. It's just, I just hate those fucking movies. I hate what that represents. That's so, fair. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's entertainment. People enjoy it. That's great. For There's sure. it's the wrong with that? Um... Fuck, we've been going for a while here. Uh might be not a bad place to wrap it up. Uh okay. do, you, do you have anything else you wanted to uh want to discuss, talk about while we were here.
0: Not necessarily. Um <laughs> I mean we'd ramble forever, but I you know uh these are really strange times and I hope that people are alright. Because who fucking knows what's going on? We're just in, like, this crazy time of uncertainty, and, like, everybody's probably struggling with everything. And so, I don't know. Uh, if I felt like I needed to sum something up, I'd just be like, hey, check on your friends. Check on people. Because, like, a lot of us probably aren't okay, Which some of us are better at dealing with that than others. So. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, who knows when this, like, pandemic, like, time of fear and propaganda and whatever else, like, who knows when this is going to end? And we live in a pretty toxic culture anyway, so. <laughs> check on people try to talk to people reach out it's hard but you know who knows what's going to happen yeah. Hopefully, we can still get together with people and do things like this or listen to music or watch movies yeah, and yeah. find things that bring us joy and get a little fucked up drink some whiskey get high whatever yeah exactly. whatever brings you joy as long as it's not harmful to others
1: yes that's the uh that's the main message yeah to, uh you know have a good time uh it, you know when you do your music podcast uh Yeah, always
0: feel free to have me on as a guest. I would love to talk about music. You're a big hip hop guy, and I will want to cover that. Yes, yes. We will be on to talk about Kanye, and I'll throw in shit. (laughs) Like, Tribe Called Quest Outcast. We'll talk about We'll do a whole genre episode. Bring him back for president. (laughs) (laughs) If we thought Trump didn't have any good policy, (laughs) boy, (laughs) Kanye's policy is going to be like, hey, buy my records, guys. They're great.
1: Yo, I'm just gonna lay out this joint. We're gonna get this shit started. <laughs> oh my god. I ain't
0: saying she a gold digger. What a time we're living in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um get a passport, change your name, move somewhere else. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> 20, summer twenty twenty one, new residency in another part of the world where people actually care about you. Fuck, the, uh, Good luck. fuck that! Let's you. If you don't now.
1: like it, get the fuck out.
0: I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just doing a bit I'm I'm not.
1: We gotta we gotta <laughs> hop on with Elon Musk and uh, uh,
0: you yeah, know just move to Mars. Ooh, can I can I can I do a quick thing? Sure. It's gonna be political. You might not like it. Okay. Go for it. Go for it. So Elon Musk named his kid something weird, right? I
1: thought I read that. Do you want to look that up really quick?
0: Yeah. So it's like. It, it, the name is actually Kyle, if I'm not mistaken, which is a sh- whatever. Yeah. No offense to Kyle's. That name sucks. <laughs> yeah. Do what I did, do. What I didn't change her name. <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. See, it's yeah.
1: X. Oh, oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. He did the yes. like
0: alien. It's super weird. Um, and it's fine. Again, you can do whatever you want. It's fine as long as it's not harming somebody, which. We could debate whether or not having a name like that is actually abusive in a way. But he posted a thing recently where he said pronouns are stupid.
2: Oh, I saw that.
0: Which, um, I don't know if you guys know who Jameel... Uh, shit, what's her last name? Oh my god, I should not drink and then try to make statements. <laughs> she's in a good place. T-ha. Oh, I never saw uh, that one. She's awesome. Jamila she, oh, God, I'm the worst. Anyway. She's super uh, socially active and super smart and awesome. And there, Jamila Jamil Jamil, yes, Tahani from The Good Place, which is one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. You all should watch it. But uh, she's super uh, socially relevant and super smart. It talks a lot about like um, body image, body shaving, and just being like, hey, be OK with who you are. Don't cover the show. Just be you. And she's super, she's super <laughs> important. But uh, Elon Musk posted about, he's like, pronouns are stupid. And so she tweeted back at him and said, the guy that named his kid this can't handle they versus there. <laughs> okay, shut up. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was a very important, Like, you know, if you can force all of us to learn your stupid kid's name, then maybe you can learn to call somebody whatever they want to be called. Okay? Huh. It was very important. It's relevant. She's awesome. That's all I got.
1: Well, I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, uh, yeah, don't play the game if you can't.
0: Yeah, you can't play the game. Yeah. Right. I, it's not a big deal. Just be kind to people. It's fine. We're, we're all going to, I mean, we're probably not going to be okay, but it's fine. Just be kind to people. It's all, it, Pat and Oswald's wife said, it's all chaos. Be kind. That's all I got.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's all you really can do in this day and age.
0: Um, you
1: know, just do your best to be nice to people, be kind yeah. to people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I do definitely see like the the hypocrisy in that, because yeah, that is like a that is. A, I, I mean, from like a you know what you we were saying like parental abuse. I don't know if I would necessarily label it as that, but definitely pretty shitty. If if anything, very shitty to do your kid. Well, if being someone kid. who's named after their father,
0: like if you're being raised by somebody who thinks that naming your kid that is okay, but like can't handle somebody who is transitioning wanting you to or identifies as queer or something in a different way expecting you to call them just as a different word if you can't even handle that but you want people to call your kid this fuck off that yeah yeah that's double standards damn that's all i got if i go any further with any of this i'm just gonna, <laughs> i'm just gonna start <laughs> yelling <whispering> intelligibly and <laughs> demand a more whiskey and it might go weird so Maybe we're at a good point. Uh, Yeah, we definitely are at a good point. Um, <laughs> I'm at a good spot if I try to make somewhat of a point, but if I go any further, I'm just going to sound like a lunatic. So,
1: Yeah, that's kind of the problem with
0: alcohol when you get
1: into like, Because you want to get into these late later debates, but at the same time, you're not in a conscious place to
0: like be back anything up. I come across a lot of that as a bartender of people at my bar at like 10 o'clock mm, trying yeah. to talk about current pandemic, which people just can't not do. Um, <laughs> you know, we're talking about masks or sexual orientation or trump or whatever and so that's what happens people like to drink and talk about what they can't stop thinking about which in this culture is obviously those things and so yeah yeah i just try to tell them what i tell everybody else like if you guys can't be civil get out of my bar do it somewhere else it's not it's okay that you all think differently just be respectful this shit is all chaos just be kind doesn't yeah. matter that you think differently than i do it's okay we can still talk and give a shit about each other you know? i
1: think that should be the main message is like you should no matter what you should just you know be kind treat people the same yeah. don't focus your time and energy on these like little fucking issues or points of politics yeah. or whatever just you know watch films watch pro wrestling listen watch, to a good record
0: if 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 anything could come of this podcast and if you want to say what is your what do you think your message was for the last <laughs> 90 to 400 minutes however long this has been <laughs> Watch pro wrestling. It's so underrated. It's silly. It doesn't matter. It's so much fun. It's absurd. I should have been a pro wrestler. Oh, yeah. I'd have been the best bad guy ever.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry, just one quick tangent before we maybe wrap this uh, wrap this up. Uh, did you ever see the wrestler that movie with? Uh, uh, I did. What was it? Who's the guy? Work Mickey Work.
0: Yeah. Who should have won an Oscar? Yeah, for real. That was He didn't. They gave it to Sean Penn for Harvey Milk, which he was mm. fantastic in, but I don't think it was really a stretch for him to play that character. It was mm. just Sean Penn being Harvey Milk, which he was great in. That movie's great and super important. But just from like an artistic perspective, uh, Mickey Rourke in The Wrestler or Frank Langella in Frost Nixon mm. should have won the Oscar that year. Those two dudes were all-time phenomenal peak roles. I don't know if they'll ever match them, so... They should have won. The yeah. wrestler's great. The Academy never gets it right, you know. They always fuck up. <laughs> I don't agree with that. They often fuck up, <laughs> but I think they often like it's. It's people are like, oh well, they chose this for political reasons. It's like, okay, maybe, but like if you look at the body of work they nominate, it's all really great films made by really great people who care about that stuff. And it's so, true. You know, even if you don't agree with the decision they make or the reason for the decision, the people that make that. Stuff the people who film those films and 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 spend their entire life devoting to that craft, like they care about those nominations. So like it's important, even if the people running it, you disagree with their motives for nominating and or awarding people. It's like the people that do this stuff give a shit about that, and it's like a true like accolade to win a fucking Oscar amongst those people and their peers. And so you know, I think it's okay, even if they get it wrong sometimes, which that's all subjective, but. Even if they have weird motives or reasons for nominating and/or awarding people, I think it matters
2: because
0: hmm. the body of work that they are nominating are all collectively really great films more often than not. And so, I will
1: agree with that. That's definitely true. I, I think the only Oscar that I remember being like, a, like just objectively really bad was the year the screenwriters went strike. What was that? That would have been like, I think that would, might have been two thousand eight. Me, google that one really quick. Ooh, I feel like screenwriter's strike. Man, was it really that long ago? It was a while ago. What was it, Crash? Shit, That might have been 2005 actually.
0: Crash was like 06, I think. Crash won in 06 or
1: 05. So there have been multiple of them. Okay,
0: here we go. 2007 Which Crash to is eight. widely regarded as like one of the worst,
1: yeah, picks uh, to win best
0: o- Oscar. And, and, and because apparently, I mean, I admittedly haven't watched it since it came out, mm, so I, yeah, I know that it. like it's. Coverage of racism is maybe problematic and not super accurate, but it was like the Academy wanted to be like, we care about this stuff. Let's nominate this film. I, I don't know. I, yeah, honestly, I remember the. I can't say anything definitively there because I haven't seen it forever. And hmm. I, but I know that's kind of the general consensus is that that movie actually does a really bad job of covering racism. And the Academy was just like, that's shit we care about. You're going to win best Oscar. <laughs>
1: like, I yeah. Know more like uh virtue signaling than anything kind of right, right um yeah I do kind of remember that because there were like the
0: themes of racism but it was really kind of weird and often it like really um, aggressively covered race actually um in a way that maybe a lot of other films haven't and like it was just like this movie is about racism but I don't know if it covered it I mean well at all that's what I kind of understand is that it didn't so <laughs> maybe yeah. that's worth a rewatch
1: yeah, uh, well, not really. <laughs> yeah, Crash, yeah. Probably,
0: Crash probably isn't worth it. just not cultural to relevance, like maybe a little bit, but nobody really talks about it now. It's just like, oh yeah, remember that time that the academies that the Oscars got a super wrong and nobody Did this shit off a movie that was super wrong? About race? <laughs> I don't know, that's yeah. at least the general consensus, I think, but I don't know if it's accurate or not. Hmm, yep, yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know. I like. These days, I don't really pay attention to that too much. I have so many, I have so many movies on my list of like films that films I need to watch that like the Oscars doesn't even fucking matter. I mean, they, in my mind, they crank out that shit every year. You know, I'm never
0: gonna be able to keep up at this point. I, I will say that a lot of times the Oscars, the stuff they nominate ends up being some of my favorite movies of the year. Hmm, yeah, um, but there are other times where, like uh, 2009, um, I think was the year District Nine came out. Mm, well, it was that was tomorrow.
1: hurt. Uh, well, Hurt Locker won that year, didn't it?
0: Right. I, yeah, I think those are the same year. Which both of those are phenomenal movies. I think Hurt yeah. Locker's incredible. But um District Nine is my favorite movie that year. And well, it only got it only got nominated for like I don't know, one of the tech categories. Oh, like, visible or, or design or like that. categories. It got it got nominated for like one or two of those, but otherwise didn't really get much plug and I thought it was like the best movie of the year. But Hurt Locker's also fucking amazing, so hmm. I never saw her longer. It's great. Huh. Jerry oh. Renner, like PTSD, the effects of like military uh, like oh you know, boy, like really well on Jerry Renner. Huh. Phenomenal in it, so. I, that'll have to be, the, maybe that'll be the next movie I throw on my list. It's super, <laughs> super worth
1: watching. I think American Sniper did another good job of that, which
0: is that whole story. We, we can't even go into that right now. This. <laughs> that guy's shit might be super fabricated. I don't really know. But what I do know is that Bradley Cooper did a great job Portraying somebody with severe PTSD and what it's like trying to see. I'm glad, like, and again, we
1: don't need to get into it, but I'm kind of glad you said that because um, a lot of people give that movie a lot of flag, and
0: I really enjoy just it looking at it from a, a like an analytical film fan perspective. It's phenomenal. I don't yeah. care how accurate the story is, it's a great movie, and Bradley Cooper gives like a transcendent all time <laughs> performance as somebody genuinely. Going through shit none of us could ever understand, and the PTSD he has and trauma he has lived through post all of that, and what that's like. I think he did an incredible job covering that, even though the story itself might be kind of fabricated.
1: Well, uh, I I just felt like it was like it kind of people kind of thought it was like a pro war movie, but I didn't really get the vibe of that at no, all. I thought I it was so, very well.
0: anti war, extremely because it was all about like hey this person had to go do that stuff and maybe there's a subculture of people who would see what he was doing as heroic yeah what he was doing was causing him like severe trauma
1: and it wasn't didn't really you know the, everybody knows that conflict didn't really amount to
0: whole yeah you know reality and I don't, from what I understand maybe like the guy's actual war exploits were maybe fabricated mm. but if I recall correctly I, again this is just gonna have to be fact checked but uh when he got killed, old, it was him like starting an organization to try to help people with PTSD because he'd kind of like come through to the other side of that. And you want he look was trying up, to look that up? People that somebody that he had a part of that group shot him and killed him? I, 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 I'm honestly like really far from actually watching that, and maybe I need to, maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, so type in Chris Kyle. Um,
1: what was it? Uh, controversy or like, uh, or was it fabrication?
0: Yeah. Chris Kyle
1: Fabrication. Well,
0: because he wrote an autobiography ish. Yeah, yeah. Yep. apparently. Wait, Jesse Ventura's involved? What? Formerly part of the pro wrestling world.
1: Oh, really?
0: Jesse Ventura's.
1: Unjust enrichment and uh, a trial over a passage in Kyle's book that Ventura claimed is complete fabrication. Oh, so he lost. So he said it was fabrication and it wasn't. And he lost money. He lost $500,000.
0: Or maybe wait, okay,
1: um, five hundred thousand dollars plus one point three million for um.
0: De- so that's one instance. Okay. But I that's one specific one that maybe got a lot. Of so money because Jesse Ventura's involved, who's obviously a public figure, but I think if I recall correct, I mean here like uh, new questions cast okay. on American Sniper's Chris Kyle's you know account. Um, I just don't know if his actual story in his book is super accurate. That I might see you saying. A bit. He was obviously a decorated sniper, a lot of confirmed kills, hmm. but maybe the way that he talked about it or portrayed it in a, in cinematic format was fabricated. I, I honestly don't know.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. <sighs> well, shit, we've been going on for a while here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we, I keep trying to maybe end it, but yeah, we keep going. like two hours. Sorry. Um. It's been a great time as always having J. Maxwell, Bash, hey, or on the on the on the podcast. Um I wanna try and get try getting back on here in a couple months as so, you know. Um I'm
0: sure that'll work. Always available. <laughs> That's not true. I'm not always available. I am often available.
1: Often available. Yeah. That's a, it's, you know, you're a, good, you're a good guy to call up and be like, yo, I need some to fill in, you know,
0: so. Do you need a guy to come on and yell about some things for a while? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> uh, good times. All right, buddy. Um, hope you all have been chilling, smoking, having a good time while watching slash listening to this. Um, next week, we will be joined by Austin Blythe and Seth Leopold. Um, hey, that's the name of my cat. <laughs>
0: Leopold <laughs> no, Sir Leopold Sir Leopold right uh-huh. For those at home Who really want to We just call it <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leo
1: It's fine. It's right? great yeah. uh, Good transcendence the Next episode <laughs> uh, But no He's going to be Throwing the uh, Infamous field trip That's going to be Happening in Jefferson Iowa uh, Next weekend Or no Two weekends from now I should say So He's going to be Coming on top talk About maybe an interesting episode So please Stay tuned for that Otherwise Every night, all that, and peace out, bitches.